Hello, residents of Meepletown. This is Dean. Johnny um, Tech Problems. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Today we're going to be doing a live show. We're going to be talking about all the Azuls. We're going to be talking about Gollum. All of them. We're going to be doing some nonsensical top ten list. Mine's not nonsensical. Mine's very sensical. Actually, mine is too, but I we'll talk about that when we get to that point. So thanks okay. for joining us for episode 101. There you go. How about that? All right, Meeple Town. So I just want to say this. If you're listening in on the podcast, Dean and I have had tech issue after tech issue trying to do this Meeple Town live thing. And so Dean is really flustered right now. So if, no. if, 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 if you were here right now, you would see Dean. His face is red. There's beads of sweat upon his brow. And he is just incredibly flustered. Okay. Here, before everyone left that last live stream, my last comment on there that I don't, I don't think it actually made it. I think you cut the internet first where I said, wow. okay. if you were here right now, you would see Johnny Rage Monster. John, we had to put out a new table because John... Picked up the other one and like slammed it over his Just, knee. It was like uh, Dwight Schrute whenever he was doing the speech. And he oh. just pounded his fists. <laughs> With the bad advice that he got, yes. And, or Bo Jackson when he used to break bats over his knee. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> that was John. I mean, the reason why it took so long to come back is because John ran through the glass window and and I think you got some steam off. I think you're good now. Wow, Stephen O'Rourke says if you were here now, you would see Dean a lean Dean fighting. Dean, hey, let me say this: whether <laughs> Stephen meant that or not, you are leaner. It, that's one thing you don't get to Steve, see. Steve's my coach. That's why he's saying that. Is he? So okay, here's here's the deal. You know, I talk about this this uh, Facebook group that I'm a part of. Topher on there and Steve O'Rourke have been talking about how much weight they're losing. Not bragging. They're just talking about how much weight they've been losing. And Steve told me about this app, and it is called, wait for it. Oh, boy. You didn't know that on a board game podcast you were going to get dietary advice. Lose It. It's the Lose It app, which is a calorie counting thing. Something, I have lost a lot of weight in my life. I have gained a lot of weight in my life. <laughs> One thing I've never tried doing is counting calories, and that's been really good for me. So, anyway. Yeah. So, it's, I've lost a you little, not as much as Steve, I'll tell you that. Steve is the... The, the fighting machine for sure. Well, let me say this. Dean, I literally was on your SD card earlier today, and when I plugged it in, I saw some old videos, and I thought to myself, Dean has lost a ton of weight. I'm just saying. That's offensive. I mean, I was like, <laughs> you huge, boy. <laughs> John said, Dean, were you wearing a... Good a, Lord, a, Dean. <laughs> were you wearing a fat suit in this video? What is What is happening? Did you see the neck rolls that were just? <laughs> I resembled those remarks. Um, no, yeah, it's, it's. You weren't really that big, but you have lost a lot of weight, and I really did notice it. I have. I felt better. Um, now, now let me talk about my shirt for a little bit, okay? You have to explain it to the podcast listeners. Okay, yeah, the podcast listeners are, are not watching right now. I'm wearing this shirt called. You need. You're gonna need to stand up. Imperial Settler, it's but an, then I can't talk into the microphone. How about yeah. this? It's that? an Imperial Settlers shirt with a stormtrooper hat on a meeple. For those listening on the podcast, the pink Imperial meeple. Settlers, the board game. Yeah, yeah. The the pink meeple. It's it looks just like the board game meeple. It's a pretty cool shirt. My wife said she doesn't like the color. She did not like the color. I don't either. I don't like the brown. I don't like brown shirts. 
Two out of my board game shirts are brown, though. Actually, three. Three out of the board game shirts that I have are brown. Now we know the secret to why Dean has lost so much weight. He is making himself throw up all over his T-shirts. Oh, my goodness. Maybe, maybe after this if one. You, if that was actually happening, that would be serious, and we would have to have a heart-to-heart talk. <laughs> I'm, out of love. Yeah. All right. Oh, I, well, but, yeah, I mean, to get real, John, I actually dealt with that for a while, so... So there we go. If wow. anybody is dealing with that and they need somebody to talk to, I would love to talk to you about that. That is why I said that, because it is serious. Thanks, BJ. I do like this shirt. I it's wanna, cool. I think that there's some news that needs to be had, and that is that Clever Swine equals Eric Taubo. We knew that. I know, but for those who don't <laughs> know, because we, we talk about Clever Swine <laughs> fairly regularly, right? Here's Okay, here's the thing. We always talk about Steven being our number one fan of the show. You know who else really encourages us and chimes in a lot? Who? Clever Swine. Clever oh, Swine absolutely. is always encouraging us so and showing BJ up to these. So is BJ and so yeah. is Steven. Yeah, yeah. They're also tearing me down too, so that's... <laughs> See, speaking of Steven, uh, he texted us earlier saying the live is not working. So you got him? You got him? You got Steven Straighten? What's not Steve, working? You, Burford. This, the live thing wasn't working. He was wanting to get on. Oh, oh earlier he texted us about that. That's right. Okay, we, we should talk about other things. Than yeah, just, so just this. let's do this. Let's let's have a brief conversation before we get into the Azules. Wait, We're, hold on. Oh, yeah. You didn't say anything about your shirt. Show me your oh, shirt. Have I, not shown, have I not done much with this? I don't know. Not in a live show, maybe. All right, if, if you're listening live, someone please type in what this is. I know somebody knows. Probably everyone knows it should be pretty simple. If if Amanda's if still on here, she knows. If you're on the podcast, it is a Cones of Dunshire shirt. So what is that reference? Someone, it's all about the cones. Yes, that's right. <laughs> what is, all we need to know is that someone out there knows what this reference is. Okay. Yeah, there we go. Right. Steve O'Rourke says Ben. Yeah, ben yeah. from Parks and Rec. Parks and Rec. Thank you, Steven. I just wanted to make sure because if no one knew, I would literally quit Meeple Town right now. You would hear me going. That's what Dean does whenever he want, pretends to be walking out. I do that. I do that. Speaking of leaving Meeple Town, we've had some some people. So while you're talking for a minute, I'm sending this link out to the guild because I know like Matt Walker's not on here and he was here before. So this is excellent radio, I'm sure. But no. live, live show, it's good. Well, while you're talking about that, I want to bring up something before. So as you know... Dean mentioned some of the different things we we're talking about. We are going to talk about every Azul game. Now, we're not going to spend like 20 minutes per Azul. We're just going to kind of compare, and we're actually going to end up ranking them. Before we get there, yesterday, um, yeah, Dean and I got a chance to play a few board games with our arch enemy, Jonathan. Oh, my goodness. This has to come up because you got to brag. You don't even want to talk about the games. You just want to brag. That's right. Okay. We got, to, <laughs> we got a chance to play two games that I was excited about. Golem, which we will be reviewing later. And a game that we will be reviewing at the next podcast, Wonderland's War. Is anybody out there interested in Wonderland's War? Everybody is interested in Wonderland's War. It is number three on hotness, maybe? How did you feel about our game experience yesterday, especially who won? (laughs) Wait, you didn't win that one, did you? I was so happy that I beat Jonathan and Golem because, again, if you don't listen very well, it's because he bends us over and spanks us most of the time. But... I was so happy that I immediately tweeted, I beat him in Golem. Is this my new favorite game? <laughs> and you will find out later. <laughs> you know, it's good. It is good to be able to play board games again with folks. How about you, Dean? Yeah, yeah, it's absolutely fantastic. You know, we played a lot of the stuff on 
Board Game Arena, I still play a lot on there, actually. Um, but to play face-to-face, it, it is just really good. And you know, like, I love... We're, gonna, we're not going to talk about Wonderland's War, but we did play it. and <laughs> that's, that's all you're going to give them, right? But there's something about playing these, like, in-your-face attacky games, which is Wonderland's War, it's an area control game. And it's just the even that makes it even that much better being in person because you, you can't get that same feeling of those you know attacky type games online. There it's just go. so much better in person. All right, Dean. I think it's time. I think it's the time to talk about the Azules. And as we're doing this, if you would type in, I want to know who out there has played every single one, or which ones you have played. So whether it's so it's they started off with. You know, Azul, the original, made a huge splash. I remember when that game came out, Dean. I mean, how many people were talking about that? Ten. Literally everybody. At least ten. Tens of tens? Tens of tens, yeah. Like that Allstate? Uh, is that Allstate? No. Oh. Uh, what's his name? Commercial. Matt. Steve O'Rourke says, there is no Dana, only Azul. There you go. There you go. That's good. The original Azul came out in what year, Dean? Ghost Actually, Ghostbusters reference. I'm going to go ahead and show That's this in the stream. <laughs> uh, 2000, uh, let me yeah, let me go on there. 2017. 2017. Wow, that's actually longer ago than I thought. For some reason, I was thinking it was actually sooner. Then Stained Glass, Stained Glass of Sintra, mm-hmm. right? Summer Pavilion, and now Queen's Garden, which we will probably spend the most amount of time on Queen's Garden. Dean, do you want to talk about all the Azul since you have Azul pulled up here, or do you want to talk about Queen's Garden and then go back and rank them? Yeah, we can do that. We can talk about the other one. But okay, you said you thought it was sooner, but if you think about it, John... Azul came out in 2017. It is 2022. So five years. Four games in five years. Now, they're all, you know, similar mechanisms. That's a good point. Sort of. But, That's a good point. But not, ex- I mean, not exactly. They're pretty different. It's just that same basic, like, drafting piece, right? Yeah. Okay. I mean, it, it, yeah, it's very, very similar. Also, uh, hey, uh, Jennifer, she said that she buy all buy Queen's Garden. Ooh, ooh. We, we might say the same thing, but I'm not going to say yet. Okay. I can let them know. I'm not going to let them know. <laughs> Queen's Garden did just recently come out in April, I believe. As soon as it come out, came out, excuse me, I bought it. Which is weird because I did not buy Stained Glass of Sintra, nor did I buy Summer Pavilion. But I think because the hexes were, sorry, because the tiles were instead of square hexes, and that reminded me of some of other Kiesling's games. And I love Kiesling. I really do. I really love Michael Kiesling. It reminded me of some of his heavier games. It immediately grabbed my attention. And so I was like, I have to try this Queen's Garden game. That's interesting. That is why? It was That's just 100% the, It was why. the hexes. It was a, a 100% it was the hexes. Okay. All right. Because, I mean, dude, think of like Heaven and Ale and stuff. I love Heaven and Ale. Yeah. All river, right. The River... Riverboat. Riverboat. There I we really go. I really like Riverboat. Yeah. Like, I mean, those things, it's... I was super excited to try it. Why don't, why don't we go ahead and you pull that let me, up Let me stop saying. I'm going yeah. to show the... Uh, the Queens. Yeah, let's pull up Queen's Garden and then we'll go back to Azul. So we'll do a quick little review and thought about it. Hey, Jennifer, since you've played it or if anyone else has played Queen's Garden, if you have played it, uh, let us know what your thoughts are about it. Stephen O'Rourke says that Heaven and Nail is special. And I, Stephen, you don't lie, brother. You don't lie. Before we start, is that Kiesling's best game? I need to look at I need to look at some of the games. We might have to look at that. Look at that later. BJ from Board Game Gumbo, check that out, says that Queen's Garden was too crunchy for him. Didn't like it. So that's a that's a valid opinion. Valid thought. 
All right, so here is Azul Queen's Garden. John's going to explain more of the rules of this one because you're more familiar. You're the one who taught me this one. Um, but you're right. It is hex. It is very hexy. Oh, yeah. Bum, it's it's bum, bum, bum. hexy. There we go. <clears throat> oh, it cannot pull up. It won't work. Oh, man. it will not work. No, it can't. Site cannot be reached. You're getting it. Okay, so while you're pulling up the site for there those who are go listening, I'll that. go ahead and talk. Yeah, uh, about it with the podcast, folks. So. In this game, you're going to be playing over four rounds, and each round that you're playing, you're going to have some different goals that like that you can you know score points by having certain colors or maybe certain symbols that you have out on the board. But whenever you're drafting in this one, you're going to start off with four hex four hexes on one tile. That's it, and you can then choose to pick the color, which is like the other Azul games. But now you're going to be adding a symbol, so you can add the col- You can pick the color, or you can pick the symbol that's on there. Actually, Summer Pavilion has symbols too, doesn't it? Does it? No, no. It's Drawn. just the, it's just the colors. I got it sitting right here. But they but they have symbols on some of them. But that it doesn't it has nothing to do with it. Okay, yeah, that's right. That's right. It has symbols, but they don't mean anything. There you go. Yep. So, but in Queen's Garden, they mean a lot. Because if you decide, I'm going to pick the tulips or whatever, then you're going to take all of the tiles that are tulips and you're going to place them into a holding area, which is different than some of the other Azules. You're not going to immediately place them onto your board. You could also, and then what's going to happen is all the rest of them, a new tile is going to come out, um, a new hex. Well, a new hex of hexes. How about that? Kind oh, of. yeah. It's kind. Of, it's not really a hex, but it's like a honeycomb. A honeycomb. is going to come out, and you're going to put four new tiles on top of that one, and now there's going to be maybe seven or six different ones to choose from. And what you're going to be picking is not only tiles, but the, what do you call that, Dean? Symbol. No, I'm talking about the, the thing that you place the tiles oh. onto. <laughs> the honeycomb, yes. The honeycomb. The honeycomb. <laughs> but you have to get the honeycomb onto your board before you can actually place tiles onto it. But what's interesting about this game is you're not you're trying to get combinations um, contiguous, uh, you know, adjacent chains of colors or symbols or symbols. And, you know, every round, like I said, you're going to score. Oh, you'll score a point per purple symbol. I mean, per purple color or per tree symbol or whatnot. But then at the end of the game, you're going to score a ton of points for every time you have three contiguous symbols or colors. And when you do that, man. You can score a ton of points in this game, yeah. and that's enough. This game is actually really crunchy for how fairly simple the rule set is. Yeah, yeah. It's it, You nailed it by saying, really, the biggest difference between... I mean, there's lots of differences. The biggest difference, I think, is the difference of not just picking for color, but picking for color and symbol. And I think... BJ can correct me if you're still on here... I think that's the crunchiness piece, at least in my experience, because you do have to think in two different directions. Yeah. Like if this was that, that, just colors and lining up the colors and all that, it wouldn't be any heavier than summer, summer pavilion. pavilion. Yeah, summer yeah. pavilion. I don't think. But because you're basically adding a full new set of things to think about with the symbols and the colors, that changes it quite a bit. Now, if you're a looking, lot. if you're looking at the picture right now, you might be thinking, "Hey, they can't put those two purple trees next to each other." And we're yeah. gonna we're gonna talk a second, just a second about these that's components, exa- right? That's that's exactly right. Those are two different colors. Now, you, I mean, they it might be a little more obvious, but when you're sitting there at the table, they might not be as obvious. There's two different colors of purple. There's only what five colors in the same whole thing game? with green. If you're looking at it right yeah, now, yeah, it seems very unnecessary that you would have those match up, other than for the sake of like yeah wanting to have this you know aesthetic aesthetic. To it if you're colorblind, I mean, I think you're sol. 
probably with this game, and it's, that really sucks because yeah. this is a fun, really fun game. I think so too because like in Summer Pavilion, it has a symbol on there. The symbol is supposed to represent that color, so that helps you be able to see what it is. Mm-hmm. You don't have that same thing in this game, so you would have yeah. to mark those tiles with the different colors that are close together. But besides that, yeah, you'd have to if you got a sharpie or something, you could make it work. But yeah. Yeah. So, what did you think of this? I, w- I want to know. Yeah. So, are, are, are we going to rank these at the end? You just, you just. No, I, I'm going to go ahead and I'm just going to go ahead and let the cat out of the bag. This is my favorite. Oh. <laughs> Didn't you say you wanted to do this at the end? No, or, I mean or, we're going to go ahead and start ranking them. But I'm just, oh, I'm just okay, going to let yeah. you know. And, and I totally understand BJ's comments. This one is definitely the most thinky. This is definitely not one that you're just going to pull out with family like you can Azul, which is a huge advantage to the original Azul, right? Huge yeah. advantage, or even like. Folks who have just played a few games, I could see how this would be one where they would, might get frustrated because scoring well is probably pretty difficult. I know personally because Dean absolutely pulled my undies down and just went to town on my rear end in this game. I don't think you you might yes. want to rephrase that. That's exactly what happened. It's not what happened. You spanked me with a wooden spoon. All right. So here's the thing. I'm I'm better at Azul games than you. Would you? Yes. Okay. I I I totally agree. That's okay. We're we're better at different games. You're better. You won at, every single Azul game we played in prep for this episode. And maybe ever. I don't know. Did you go back and look at your <laughs> stats? No, probably. I <laughs> probably. I like Azul games, but I suck at them. Yeah, but you're good at other type of games like this. What's the the domino laying one that you really like? The um, Renature. Renature. You were really good at that. You mm, destroyed okay. me in that game. I felt like, but yeah, for some reason, Azul just really clicks with me. The first time I played the regular Azul, yeah. was at a con with somebody who had played it a bunch, and I, I beat him. I beat him pretty yeah. badly too. And that's not a me bragging. It clicks trust with you. Me, yeah, it just clicks just, with you. You just have certain games that that click with you. Yeah, I, I would just as. I didn't finish, uh, and I apologize for not giving you a score. I, I would say now, with a few plays in, and I need a lot more, I'm about an eight and a half on this. This is really good to me. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I think at one point, we actually talked about the first three, and we may have given our rankings, um, or ratings. Ratings. I'm, I'm the same. I'm eight and a half. I'm not actually going to rate all of these. I'm just going to rank them, because for me, it's it really... You're eight and a half on this? Uh-huh. That's a Meeple Town Seal. It is. How about that? Oh, man. We didn't even know. Meeple Town Seal of approval. I'm going to go ahead and oh, tell you. Oh, yeah. We did one. Come on, Meeple Town Seal. You're, you're supposed to keep talking while I'm doing the background. Oh, okay. okay. Meeple Town Seal. We did, we did one Meeple Town Seal, Royal Seal, last year. One. Is that right? Yeah. I'm just going to talk to myself. So one last year, and that was Batoku. I think the whole year... I think we're going to have four or five before the summer comes. That That's my guess right now. But, yes, this one is a Meeple Town Royal Seal. Is it my favorite? Is it my favorite of the Azuls? That's a great way to segue into talking about the other ones. As you're getting ready to segue, Dean, go ahead and pull up the original Azul. And while you do that, I'm going to You don't care what just mine is. reference some No, I'm going to reference some comments okay. about I'm holding what we off, have here while you're doing that. I'm giving and mine So, Clever Swine says Mexica was played quite a bit back in the day in his group, another one that Keyslin. That is one of the only Keyslin games I've never played, and I want to punch myself in the face for never playing that one. I don't think that's necessary. Stephen O'Rourke uh, brings up to call, and I really did like to call, and I have to call. It's not great at two, and so I've thought about getting rid of it because of that. Um, Maharaja, Maharaja was on the lower end for me. 
even though I enjoyed it. Didn't you like Maharaja? Or? Yeah, I like it quite a bit. Not it's you know it's not one I need to have in my collection or yeah. really play all that often. Uh, Steve, yeah, I, I know that he's played that several times if I remember right. But um, really liked it. But it, you know, in the in the grand scheme of all those Keesling games, it is not at the top. But that's I don't know. I don't know. So, I don't know what that's really saying because there's he makes a lot of really really good games. Stephen O'Rourke says, backup singer John, the show is now Gladys Knight and the Meeps. There we go. I love it. I, I do like that. That was kind of a good. Motown vibe, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. I like Motown. I let. How many times do you think I've seen the Temptations in concert? <laughs> None. <laughs> wow. More. More. More than none. <laughs> do you know that's, that's my wife's favorite of all time? Her favorite, her favorite group? Her favorite group of all time. That's very hipster of her. Yeah, we've seen them. That's we've very seen emo. Twice. That's not at all. <laughs> no, she just grew up on a lot of Motown. No, stuff. that's awesome. Yeah. All right. That's awesome. I'm talking about regular Azul. Okay, let's do it. Okay, so regular Azul. Do you have this showing showing on the live? Man, it's not only showing, but it's spectacular. <laughs> it's real and it's spectacular. <laughs> so you have these coasters. What was that a reference to? Hmm, I don't know. It's real and it's spectacular. Oh, oh. But it would be another. You got it? Yeah, no, 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 I got it. I got it. What show? I think. I think I have it. No, no, no. You, we're not thinking of the same thing. Are you thinking of Friends? I'm thinking of Seinfeld. Okay, there is a quote on Friends that is really similar to that. Yep. All right. Anyway, Azul, the regular vanilla Azul, which came out in 2000, what'd you say, 17? Yeah, it took the world by storm. Took the world by storm. It's ranked, I think I saw, Dean, I'm sorry to interrupt, 62 or 63 overall. Wowzers, wowzers. Okay, so in this game, very similar in the sense of how you're drafting these tiles. Well, kind of. All these other three are much more similar than the one that we just talked about. But this one, you're going to have some coasters out there. This one's set up for a two-player game, I believe, because you've got five coasters in a two-player game. You're going to be drafting um, tiles from each of those little coasters. And when you do that, you have to take all of the same color. So in this case, I would have to take all of, like, all of those black ones that are on there and all the other ones go to the center. Now... At that point, anybody can now take all of the same That's color right. from the center, but if you're the first one to do that, you have to take the first player marker, which is not bad, but you're going to lose a point whenever you do that. Um, or you're, well, it depends. So all the broken glass is going to go down to the bottom of your board, and you'll lose those points at the end of the round. All right, let me find a player board. When you take those... Oh, stop being so artistic here, BGG. I, I love just need artistic. To see. I do too. All right, so... You're going to take those tiles, you're going to put them onto the top part of your board, and I'm sorry, to the left side of the board. I'm looking at this at a weird angle. The left side of your board, all in the same color. You've got rows that have one, two, three, four, and five different tiles that you can put in there, and you're trying to fill up all of those different rows with the same color. Then at the end of the round, once you do that, you're going to take one of those, slide it over to the other board, and all the other ones go back into the bag or back into the like the, the right. discard. And then you're going to score based on the tiles that are next to each other. So if I put one tile next to another tile, I'm going to get two points. Score, baby. Yep. And and if it's a line of four, you're going to get four points. Score, baby. Score, baby. That's all you're going to do. And then at the end of the game, you're going to get bonus points for different configurations that you have. So super simple game and kind of the base mechanism of all of these yes. Azules. So I think that number one, one of the reasons that it really took off was not only that it was quality gameplay, but the components were stellar. The tiles are beautiful, right? Yeah. I mean, it's a beautiful It's a beautiful game. And in fact, okay. It Liber- brings a tear to my eyes. Libertalia just came out. We reviewed that not that long ago. Jamie Stegmeier said, I want Libertalia to have this aesthetic feel 
that Azul does. So like this, this is a good try. This <laughs> when you're reaching into the bag and it does it these, does seventy percent of the way there. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean the, the you get a C there, Jamie Stegman. I'm, I'm just gonna say like I'm just saying like the different designs that are on the tiles, how gorgeous they are in Azul. Like he did a good job. Jamie did a good job at at least trying. <laughs> <laughs> the game's amazing. I don't care what you say, but no, it's it's fine. It's no Azul. All right, so where do you where okay. do you rank this? Since we're just doing your rankings, apparently we don't. Let's care talk about, about the other ones real quick. You know, let's oh, you let's just, let's want, just, you just hey, BJ down. and Steven knew it was Seinfeld immediately. By the way, I'm so, in the process of rewatching Seinfeld. It's been oof, it's been probably seven or eight years since I've watched oh, that. So all the amazing. Movie. Every time I watch it, I'm like, why do I not watch this more? Yeah. So let me just briefly talk about stained glass of Sintra, and I'm not going to go as long as Dean because I was <laughs> really bored actually. <laughs> <laughs> but let me say this you're going to be drafting tiles in a similar what? fashion pretty much as azul except for the difference here is that it's a little more tactical wouldn't you say that dean in when to draft because you have a little person or a meeple that's above the different places on the stained glass and you can you can have to move that guy over or that gal or whatever whoever that person is it's your glacier yeah. glacier okay whatever Not over glaciers. to whichever like glacier Gla whatever <laughs> i'm just playing sorry <laughs> to whatever column you want to go to but here's the trick if you want to go back all the way to the left or go backwards uh, at all to the left you have to take a whole turn to move your person back there yeah and i think that that's a really interesting piece to that and you're going to score tiles by filling out, you know, each uh, column there. And whenever you do, you're going to put, you know, put your tile down at the bottom of the board. And then you're going to score that column and then any column to the right. So some really interesting scoring, you know. Do I, you know, complete stuff on the right first and then go back to the left and, you know, get those bonus points? Do I do some on the left first, go to the right? Uh, some really interesting, I think, tactical decisions on Stained Glass of Sintra. Yeah. Yeah, there are no glaciers in this game, but overall, that I think that was a pretty good job. Tip of the iceberg. I would say this one is probably, I, I would say maybe the most unique. Would you say that? <clears throat> it's different, and I think that for most people, it's their least favorite. In fact, let me just go ahead and back that up with statistics. On BGG, it is the least favorite if you just look at the raw score. However, the raw score is 7.4, which is really high. That is really high. What I wonder what the highest one is. Is it the newest one that's out? No. Um, I, I can't remember if you, you could go back and look, but I believe that the others were hanging in at 7.7, 7.6, 7.8. Okay. And this was 7.4. So, I mean, first of all, can I just mention that how stellar is that to come out with a series <laughs> where yeah. you have four games in the series and at the moment they're ranked 7.4 to 7.7 .7 or 7.8 on BGG that is incredible. Yeah, yeah, I I totally agree with you. Now I'm gonna let's let's go ahead and talk about. Uh, I want to get in to talk about the components at some point. Maybe now is actually a good time because this. I want to eat them. This one is the the most different out of all of these games when it comes to components. These are tiles that they do. They look like they look like Hall's cough drops, yeah, kind of right. That's right. They <laughs> they kind of have that that feel to it a little bit. I feel that I can actually feel the menthol coming off those teal ones, yeah, and the and the clear ones. <laughs> I don't I don't know about that, but but it is. I think this is the most unique, and it also fits that theme really well because you're building these stained glass windows, and there are these trans. What is that? Translucent? Is that what you say with these sure. pieces? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Um, pieces that that 
yeah, light shines through, and when the light hits it, it looks really beautiful. Yeah. The other ones feel really good. I would say the other ones probably even feel better. This when you're when you're pulling them out of the bag, these ones feel cheaper, plasticky, but they yeah. look cooler. Maybe. I, I think. I don't know. I don't know. I, I really like the designs on the matte finish, or you know, like the ones that are actually colored finish instead of. These are interesting looking, though. I want to shout out real quick. I know that, you know, for the podcast listeners, it may not be the best to do that, but to shout out to Monica, who says, love your show. Thanks. I have to listen to the replay later. Just want to say hi, Monica. Thanks, Speaking Monica. of friends. Yes. How about that? If your name is one of the Friends characters, Dean is going to definitely shout you out. If your name is one of the Seinfeld characters, which is a far superior show, I will shout you out. Well, okay. When Bubble Boy calls into the show or makes a comment in the then I will shout out their name. Okay, for sure. Yeah. Go ahead and do Summer Pavilion. Okay, and then so. let's and then let, let's 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 just talk about each of those real quick. And then after that, y'all, before we get to Gollum, we are going to play a game, and we need your help. Yeah, here's the thing: John has cared nothing about my thoughts on these games yet, but I'll get to it when we do my rankings, mm-hmm. right? You oh, that was true. <laughs> you just admitted to it. Yeah, All right, no, I am. I don't Summer Pavilion. I don't care at the moment. <laughs> I care when I share mine. You share yours, and the world gets to know. Summer Pavilion falls into the category more similarly to Queen's Garden, I would say, in the in the realm of complexity. You can look that up if you want, John. I don't know what the what the weights of all of these are, but this one kind of works the same way. You're going to be drafting from these uh, from the coasters from the center of the table, and you're going to be taking the same colors. All the other ones are going to go to the center, so all the drafting pieces work the same as what they do in in the original Azul. Now, the big difference in this one is you're going to have all these different stars. You have one, two, three, four, five, six stars on your board and then one in the center. Mm-hmm. As you're putting them out, you want to try to fill out some of those colors because you're going to get in-game points for those. But as you're putting them out on the board, you're going to get points similar to the first Azul, and that is you're going to get points for the ones that are next to it in the stars. So in the example yes. that I'm looking at online, it's got three pieces in there if i was to put another one of those diamonds in with that yellow i would get four points from that for placing it four points there's also symbols on the board and once you get those symbols surrounded by tiles then there's another board off to the side that's going to give you uh, i don't have a picture of that one but that that's just going to give you extra tiles so you can basically draft the tiles from that board based on how many you can take per the symbols that you surround Mm -hmm. and you're going to score points at the end of the game for those the points that you already had, obviously, and then the the points for uh, filling up those stars and also for filling up all the ones on the board, all the twos on the board, and all the threes on the board. And I think that's it. I don't think you get points for four, or do you? You do. I can't remember now. Oh yes, fours. You do. Yes, okay. yes, fours. Yes, yeah, I think not I, fives and sixes. Sorry, yeah. I just wanted to make sure. Okay, so that's it. That's how you're going to win this game. Again, a, a more complex one than the other ones. Would you agree? Uh, the other ones, including Queen's Garden, no, I would not agree. Um, okay. Ori- then the original, th- the uh, other two, original, the other two. Yeah, I, I was saying this is more trio. on the complex side than than mm, yes, than yes, average of these, I guess. All right, so shout out to Bob Sacramento. How about that, BJ? You want to shout out? Of course, I'm going to shout out. <laughs> I'll shout out anything. <laughs> All right, is that is that somebody from from Seinfeld that I'm missing out on? You don't know anything about Seinfeld. I <laughs> I've seen them all. Let us it's know. It's been a while. <laughs> let us know what your best is, by the way. Your favorite Azul. Okay. Dean, go ahead. All right, you want me to rank these? I want you to rank four Azuls: Queen's Garden, Summer Pavilion, 
Stained Glass uh, Sintra, and this is, I'm going to reverse order and original Azul. Okay, I'm going to start with the bottom one. I will, by the way, I really love all these games. They're all good. I, yep, I, really, I agree with really that. enjoy I these. And in fact, I might not agree with love, but I like them all. I do. I love all of them. And in fact, I would say that on any day I might play any of these. So it's not like even yeah, I'm with you on that. Tomorrow I might want to play a different one. So Sintra, yep. the second one, Stained Glass of Sintra, is my least favorite, like a lot of people's. Uh, but it is the Boo. most, it, it's the most unique, I guess. In Yeah, oh, it is. It's the most unique, I think. Yeah, it is. It, it's just, it plays so differently, but you still use that same idea of just like the drafting. Queen's is the Garden same. is more unique. Prob- in the my drafting opinion, is most unique in that one. But as far as like beyond the drafting, the part of the game, I think it's a little more, I don't know. They're, they're pretty close. I so anyway, you, I, you. I would put that at the bottom. I would put Summer Pavilion next, probably. Again, yep. a game I really like. Then my, oh man, this is where it gets tough, guys. I, I really struggle with this. You know how much I love the original. I, I still want to keep that at the top, but it's really close. So wow. I'm gonna I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna say Queen's Garden is my second favorite. Oh. I'm doing it. Sorry. And then Azul is the original. Okay, we have Vanilla to play Queen's Garden one more time. Is my favorite. We gotta play it again. I've not. I've played the original Azul a lot, yeah. a lot, a lot. And and I don't know. There maybe I'm sure nostalgia fits in there. I'm sure if it came out now. And Queen's Garden came out first. I might feel differently, but that's that, I'm going to stay there. It's okay. hard for me. I have to remain loyal to my favorites, I think. Okay, okay. Uh, Steven did go ahead and explain um, the Seinfeld reference. You should read that, Dean. Kramer's friend. He talked about him all the time on the show. Okay, okay. Yeah. Um, okay, so I am going to go... Original Zool is my least favorite. Though I will say that it is the best for introducing people to the series. Just my personal least favorite to play. You, you look like you take offense to that. No, I don't. I, I think you need to play that one again. I think they're all fairly That's close. That's the one we didn't get to play again recently because we've played it That's a right. lot more. I'm going to go some pavilion as my third. And I know that that's probably going to be a surprise to some people because I do believe that most, you know, gamers that enjoy games that are a little heavier tend to say that Summer Pavilion, before Queen's Garden at least, was their favorite. Agreed? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I hear that a lot. Yep. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I liked it. It's fine. S- the interesting thing is that Stained Glass of Sintra, I think when Dean and I played it, I rated it a 6.5. So that's not even usually willing to play. We played it again today, and I was like, I really love this game. I really like it a lot, and so much so to where I might go buy it. How about, th- how about that, Dean? You surprised? John John likes a little drama. He likes to go against the, the stream. Well, what, a- what? yeah, I mean, what's interesting is that it's a little more tactical, I feel like, in the decisions of when to take things because you're going to not only add when to take things, but when to reverse, which is like after when you reverse, you let everyone else go ahead and do their move before you get to go again. Right. You know what I'm saying? So like, I think that's important, but then also on top of that, whenever it has those tactical decisions that you score points for a particular color, it's kind of like Queen's Garden does that. Score points for a particular color each round. You're like, man, should I take this color? It's orange color right now because, man, they're scoring a point for every orange one. But, oh, man, I could really score this this round, or maybe there's a lot of this color. And I really liked it, and it took me another try. I thought Stained Glass 
Sintra was fantastic, but not as fantastic as Queen's Garden, which is absolutely my favorite of the three. It is. It is. It's really good. It's fantastic. I mean, it almost, and it really on any given day, I might change my mind with those two. But, yeah. you know, to take over that top spot for me, for the the original Azul, that that's a big deal. And I mm-hmm. get... I get what BJ says about it being a little more complex, and it is. It's definitely, I, it is the most complex out of all of these, but it didn't feel as brain burnery as I thought it might. And I'm guessing, probably because I'm just terrible at this one compared to the other ones, where I focused way more on colors than I did on the symbols on there. You and say I, terrible. I kind of got locked in. And you beat me by probably 20 points. So yeah. What, is that, what does that really, make me? <laughs> really bad at this game. <laughs> I am. There's no doubt. But I, I really liked it. So let me just, sh- I would just say for those who's listening on the podcast that if you haven't got into the Azuls, I think this could be one that gets you excited if you're saying, yeah, they're a little bit light for me. You know what I mean? Like, there's we got some listeners that like to play heavier games. Yeah. I wouldn't say this is a heavy game. I would say this is a midweight Euro, a midweight puzzle Euro. And it's very, very good. Yeah. I would, you know, Queen's Garden. It's a crunchier of those type of like non thematic games, you know, or, or, yeah, it's, it's, it's good. It's really good. Clever Swine says, bye-bye, little Sebastian. You're 5,000 <laughs> candles in the wind. little <laughs> Sebastian. I sing that four times a week in my house, maybe. I don't know. My, my kids are tired of me singing that one. All right, we have a game for you. That's what we're going to do right now. We're going to we play do. a my game. My son has that actually on. He shares Apple Music with me. And like it ran, you know how like do you have Apple Music or Spotify or anything? No. It decides to randomly play stuff that you've played, and it starts playing. I'm like, are you freaking kidding me again? <laughs> All right, we have a Here game. We go. We're going to be doing a weird kind of top ten. We've done this before, especially in our live shows, where yeah. John has a list of ten things, I have a list of ten things, and I'm going to ask John what those are, and he's going to try to guess them, and we're going to see who can win, who's going to get the most out of these ten. That's it. You have three misses, right? Yeah. Eh, eh. In it. Yep. Three and you're out. Now we can use some help from the audience. However, you cannot look at this up, you audience. You can't cheat. If you cheat, then we are coming to get you. We don't want to cheat. I don't listen, if you cheat on this, then you cheat on board games and you ought to be really, really spanked hard. Oh my goodness. What is the deal with you? I'm just saying as you really <laughs> should. <laughs> All right. Your as- mother should hang you up on the clothesline. By your undies. Oh, my by goodness. everyone in the neighborhood. I'm serious now. Okay. <laughs> takes a giant wooden spoon <laughs> and hits you as hard as they can uh, if you cheat in board games. Wow. I, I, I'm serious. Wow, that is a little... Uh, that's a bit much, I think. No, no, it's not. Yeah. And that's, that's actually too little, actually. <laughs> <laughs> by the way, I have not been like looking at all of these uh, comments on here, but anyway... All right. Now, if you know me, you know that I stress out. Over it's these all, hold on. I'm I only stress. seeing the comments. I'm sorry, Dean. I don't mean to interrupt you. I'm only seeing the comments from Facebook for some reason on here. Is if there's for and, the and ones there on are yeah YouTube, there are more people on here that I, I just have me, not. Sorry, yeah. that was my bad. So this is take some and, time. Take a take a minute or two to shout out. Well, okay, I messed up. I'll shout the people up, but up. I'm not shut them up. I'll Ooh. shout them out. But the problem is they made all these comments that were very pertinent to the conversation that we were having. And I don't know what they Say were talking it. about now. Do it. All right. So Matt Walker was on here. We had salsa King. We got Sydney. Oh, yeah. Sydney calling all the Heck way from, yeah. from Canada. What's up, um, What's up, John Webster, Jennifer Davis, red on here. 
Um, okay, so there we go. I, I, again, I would say some of the things that they're saying, although, ooh, uh-oh. Hey, Matt, if you're still on here, I don't know if you are or not, but Matt said something about, I haven't played it, but I'm getting Calico vibes. Now, I'm not sure which one Matt was talking about when he was talking about Calico vibes. Have ha- you played- I mean, it has to be Queen's Garden I'm because they're hexes. I'm guessing. Have you played Calico? <laughs> no. Okay. I've played so, you know, I've, I've played Cascadia, I've played all these, but that's one that I really wish that I would have played, but I haven't. I'm considering getting rid of it. I don't think I need it because I have these other games like uh, Cascadia and Azul type games. I don't need a ton of those games. But okay. but anyway, I do you prefer Cascadia to Calico? Yes, because Cascadia okay. will not leave my collection. There it's, you go. it's fantastic. All right, my wife go. has played both of them, and I think she preferred Cascadia as well. I'm not sure. Uh, Clever Swine says, "What does Jonathan think about Azul? I don't know, Jonathan. What do you think about Azul? Are you listening? I know it." I know what Clever Swine's doing. Him. He's he's trying to bring Jonathan into the conversation. He's he's <laughs> he's sucking you in, John. Don't you fall you know, for I it. fell for it. Don't you do it. Not only did I fall for it, but I'm texting Jonathan right now to ask him. <laughs> Steve O'Rourke agrees with me on Calico and but <laughs> Sorry. Oh my goodness gracious. Are you all right? That's uh, okay. Sorry, I had a cold a couple weeks ago and I have a lingering occasionally cough will come up. <laughs> so I want to know what other people think about um Cascadia again different but they're still I don't know kind of in that same vein I guess all right my top list John I stress out about these lists I had about six lists <laughs> wow I know he did he canceled his list that he had up 10 minutes before the podcast 15 yeah. minutes before the podcast started and said I'm changing the list so are you saying that I'm guessing first right now do you want to know my list first yeah yeah why don't you guess first now I'll share some of the list I had so you can yeah say, I want I want you to tell me your thought process. All right. Initially, this was the list I was going to have, and it was the top 10 choices that I didn't like, and I probably could have changed it, but it was going to be talking about animal deaths, like animals killing humans every year. Okay. <laughs> so the the question was going to be, which animal is the deadliest of the of the animals? Mm. Was wow. Is that a good one? Do you like that one? I want to hear some of your guesses. This isn't my list, but just real fast. Just, just shout What would be out. the most deadly of the animals? Yeah. Animals that actually kill other people the most? Yeah. Hmm. I mean, I need you to be quick on this. Uh, some type of snake? Spend... Some type of snake? Yeah, snake was on the list. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Um, spider? No, I don't think spider no. was on the yeah, list. Yeah, that's, that's a good right. point. That's a good point. Rhinoceros? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Uh, you know, there's not that many rhinos in the world, so. I know, but I mean, I'm just saying, I don't think there's a, a ton of deadly animals. Lion? Okay. Get oh, Luke, how dare you? Sorry, Cascadia to Calico. Cascadia is greater than Calico. Calico is greater than Azul. How dare you, sir? Okay. Bears? Uh, you're not very good at this. I'm glad I didn't pick this Brown one. Brown bears? Now. Black bears? No. Humans was on the list. You like that? That doesn't count. They're, they're that does not animal. count. Okay. That, if that's on the list, I'm, 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 I'm frustrated because I just don't think I would... You, pick that and that's why i didn't pick it not Thank just you. because humans but the number one answer was mosquitoes i wanted to do this without bugs wow honestly. steven put mosquitoes on there do you yeah, see number one. Oh, oh steve that's said. A, that is an actually brilliant answer steven you are smarter than i am yes professor steve over there yeah. that's yeah okay bears wolves wolves was on the list top 15 steven but i don't remember exactly where it was i don't know if it was top 10 um but there were too many like parasites were on there i really just wanted animals yep. that are mauling people that's what i wanted to do yeah that's what, that's what I, that's what i was thinking um clever swine says hippos i think that's right although i don't remember seeing that on the list i had always heard that hippos kill more 
people than any other animal, like mm. bigger animal in maybe Africa. I don't know. I can't okay. remember. There's something along that. Beats. Bears beats. Battlestar Battle Galactica. Okay, let me yeah. go to my actual list. I had others, but we, we don't have time for that nonsense. Okay. Are you ready for this? This Let's just go. This is going to be a shout. Uh, I need your help. I need your help, Meeple Town. Don't, don't let me down now. It's going to be a hyperlink back to our last episode where I gave some stats on the listeners of Meeple Town and what countries they come from. Okay, so I'm, I'm going okay. back to that a little bit. And I wanted to know, really, I wanted to know, is this a link to the amount of people that are playing games or is, is there something else there? Okay, so what my question is. Okay. Um, we're a blue screen right now. Is that supposed to be? I don't know. I don't know if that's right. Uh, I'm okay. I'm live without a blue screen. I don't know what you're doing. Okay. I don't know either. I don't need that on there. Okay. Whatever. Okay. Maybe it is a blue screen for everybody else, and then we're in trouble. The countries represented on Board Game Geek. I oh wanted to know gosh. if there was a correlation. Here's the thing: you're going to get half of these probably. It's the other half, okay. just like our podcast. That was a the top point. ten countries. Top 10 countries, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. I probably should have checked that first. That are represented on Board Game Geek. Okay. Yep. By percentage, okay? Okay, Meeple Town, help me out here. I'm going to pause for a minute as you all help me out. I'll go ahead and say the United States of America. That's where I'm from, and I know that that's at least in the top 10. I should have put this in a checklist, maybe. Yeah. So, okay. the United not. States is on there, right? What number? That's you, correct. Number one. Bing, 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 yeah. bing, bing. Okay. 47%. All right. Clever Swine, I'm going to go with him, who says Canada. Canada is the number three answer, mm-hmm. 7.4%. Thank you, Swine. Um, okay. Um, there was another. Oh, by the way, the most recent list I could find was 2017. So that's two. Uh, uh, UK? UK is the number two. Yep. That is Thank correct. Thank you, BJ. Yes. Thank All right. You. Uh, Germany, I'm going to go with Stephen. Germany is the number four. Thank Y'all you. are crushing it. Y'all are crushing it. Let's go Australia because I agree with that one as well. Australia number five. Yep. You're just going to go down the list. So we get the have rest I of gotten them. the first five? Yeah, one through five. That's what okay. I just said. Um, <laughs> 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 okay, I'm going to go with. Um, I mean, it's going to mostly be in Europe, right? So I'm going to go with. Um, how about Poland? Are you just guessing this one? I'm saying No, saying I'm just saying one? it cuz I'm thinking of um Chevyshek. Nobody gave you this one, right? No. Poland is correct. That's yeah. the number 9 answer. Yep. You are crushing this. Well, Steven just came up with it after that, so yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, so that's okay. New Zealand, uh I'll go with that with BJ. <laughs> Dang it, BJ. First strike. <laughs> <laughs> Don't listen to BJ anymore. Uh, okay, so Who I have lives in six another of country them. down in Louisiana. That's a whole other country. I have six of them. I wouldn't guess that one though. Um how about Italy? Italy is the number eight answer. Okay, good. That's correct. Got it. Bing, okay. bing, bing, bing. And Jennifer Davis, I was going to say that next. France. France is the number seven answer. Okay. I told you it was a softball one, John. I think you're going to have a good chance on mine, too. So how many is that? I think you're, you're I got missing one through, two. One through five, right? And then which ones? You have seven. U.S., United Kingdom, Canada, Germany, Australia. Mm-hmm. It's five. What are the What are the last three that you said? I can't remember. Poland. Poland. Okay. Um, and I said, Australia. Well, we said Australia, and you said Germany, right? Right. Right. You already put that. Already in France. Said that one. France. Uh huh. And then I threw out something else. What did I just throw out? 
I, I want to say it because I think I know Italy. I said okay, Italy. okay, it's that's Italy. right, that's right. So you're two, yeah. you're you have eight and only one strike. I think you can do it. I think you can do this. BJ says clearly it's Antarctica. I I, I don't know. BJ has never steered you wrong before, so I, I might. He did. He still me, steered <laughs> me wrong. I'm pulling up a world map. Um, Steve says India. Spain. That Spain is correct. Sure. Yeah, for Spain. Sure. Spain is one that you guessed for our podcast, mm-hmm. but it was not on our podcast list. Yeah, that's true. All right, so you are one short, Steve. Am I only one short? Yeah. Steve says India would be a good odds simply based on big population. I don't disagree with him on that. Um, I think you do because you're not guessing it. No, I'm thinking. I'm thinking. Am I? Stephen is smarter than me. I'll go with him. India. Oh, he's 100% smarter than you. He is wrong. I thought. (laughs) I was worried about that. Strike two. One more. You can get this one. Do you want a hint? No, 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 no hints. No okay, hints. this could be a big hint, but no. Not, but I mean, not, if I get, if I but miss it, will it, not I miss give it. it away. I mean, I've got nine out of ten. I should win this game. You only have one more strike, though. BJ says no, Portugal. Mm, they also have any other that's guesses? Not a, that's actually not a bad guess. That's not a bad guess, BJ. I need val- validation that this was a good top ten list, by the way. So if you want to go ahead and, and validate me on that, that would be great. Let's go for. Yeah, you know, I kind of want to go for a big daddy, but then when I sit back and I think about We got one more. Do you want the other? Uh, Clever yeah, Swine says Holland, the Netherlands. I don't know if you need any more help there. I'm worried that since you said that out loud, that I'm it, saying was all because, out loud. it was because you want want me to guess that. I also said Portugal and India and Antarctica. Okay, I'm going to go Europe. All right, I was thinking about going like I was thinking. I'm gonna be real with you. you well, not okay. Let me see. I, I think I'm gonna go. Um, I'm gonna go Portugal. No, I'm gonna go the Netherlands. <laughs> Final answer. Are you locking this in? Mm-hmm. The answer is Portugal. No, it's not. It's in the Netherlands. You nailed it. Are you serious? I you got, got 10 all out of 10. 10? You got all 10 of Yes. All by yourself. Yes. Are you kidding? What are the odds? Okay. Now, do you remember our list of our top 10 listeners for the podcast? I am so hype right now. You don't want to hear that. 10 out of 10. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. I, hey, Steven, I thought Mexico too. I was, I was thinking about that in my head, but I decided not to. Yeah. Now, okay. There was a list in 2015 that was similar to this, and I don't think it matched up because I'm wanting to say Brazil was on that list. So I don't really know if that's as accurate today as it was in 2017, but I just couldn't find a, a newer list. You have no chance in this game. <laughs> <laughs> Even though I don't think this is actually terribly hard. Wow, BJ, Johnny Cartographer. I think I should just change my name to that. Okay. Thank no, you, BJ. Thank John's you, BJ. literally looking at a map on his computer screen. But I mean, because uh, I got to remember what yeah. all the countries are. Okay. Dean, this is a little bit more interesting than what yours is. Wait, wait, okay. side note, by the way. Netherlands was on our list of top 10 Meepletown listening countries. So there you go. Okay. For what that's worth. The, yeah. There were four of those that were not on our list, I think, though. Okay, Can you ahead. believe at the end I changed it from Portugal to Netherlands and got it right? That's that's pretty epic Should I have change. left the Clever Swine comment off? I was reading all of them. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Okay. I really appreciate that. Clever Swine, I owe you one if I win this. I mean, I no would, matter what, I tie. I wouldn't have guessed that. I probably would have guessed Portugal or uh, uh, Brazil if it was me. I wouldn't have guessed it without Clever Swine saying that, so it's all him. Okay. Say. All right. Okay. But it resonated with me whenever he selected it, but I wouldn't have thought about it. Okay, 
So, Dean, you are a child of the what decades? Uh, I was born in 1980. Mm-hmm. So you help? would call yourself an 80s and 90s baby? Mm-hmm. So let's go 90s. Let's look at the 90s, Dean, and let's uh, wait, ask wait, wait. the... Please don't do music. No, I'm not. Okay, thanks. Let's ask what are <laughs> I love the, 90s music, but I can't. I don't know names. I thought about doing that. I yeah. was really heavy towards that. We're going to go 90s, and we're going to go, what were the 10 top grossing movies of the oh, 90s? Oh, no. No, no, come on, dude. You can do this. With the help of every, everyone out there, help Dean get 10 out of 10. It would be epic for me to get 10 out of 10 and him to get 10 out of 10. What were the 10 highest grossing movies of the 90s? The number one answer is an absolute gimme. Can I look at a list? Is that possible? You were looking at a map. You, I have, I'm a okay with you looking up movies from the '90s. I am not okay with you seeing any kind of ranking. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. I won't, I won't do that. So <laughs> movies. That's what I'm typing in. You're watching yes. from the '90s. Yeah. Okay, all right. And then I, since I'm not looking on there, you'll have to, you'll have to look and tell me. Burford's on here calling out Tommy Boy. Oh. <laughs> Can I list my top ten favorite movies from the no, '90s? This is the <laughs> highest grossing '90s movies. Okay, so I don't need to look at '90s essential. No, you can just look at the top part here. Just That's all you can look at. I'm gonna let you look at Google where they pull up the movies. You can click the over arrow and you can look <laughs> at all these different movies. There are a ton of movies that's gonna pull up, and you're gonna pick out the top ten. You ever seen Casper like in, a, in the recent years? This this is the first movie that popped up. Would you're giving me a garbage list? When here. I was when I was a child, I was uh, and young teen or tween or something. I was attracted to Christina Ricci. Yes. Okay. So most, you did. Most so of the guys were. It. Yeah. Yeah. I saw it a hundred times. Okay. Did you watch Now and Then? Did you? What? Is not as cool. Is yeah, I don't. Casper. I don't remember. There's a line in Casper. I watched this last summer with like my whole family, where Casper says, "Can I keep you?" Like, it's it's a creepy movie. It's pretty creepy. All right. Oh, there's some good ones on this list. All yeah. Right. So we're seeing. Do I have any help here so we're far? We're seeing so far Jurassic Pork by Clever Swine. We're seeing was Titanic in the Titanic in the '90s by Jennifer Maltese Falcon by B.J. Rojas. <laughs> <laughs> Titanic by Stephen Burford with exclamation points. The Lion King has to be one of them by BJ. Um, another Titanic. And then Jennifer asking about Avatar. Was it 90s or early 2000s? I'm pretty positive that was early 2000s. I would I would bet money on that. My, my I'm I'm leaning also towards Toy Story was was 90s as well. So I'm I'm going to I'm going to go in there somewhere. You said highest grossing, right? Highest grossing. Yeah, that's a big Titanic. Number one. The number one answer. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I, that was a give me. Okay. How many times did you see that in the theaters? No, uh, zero. Okay. Okay. All right. Me either. I, <laughs> There's a, a lot of interesting that's a movies. Lie. I've seen uh, Jurassic Jurassic Park. Did that come out in the 80s? Ooh. Am I able to look that up? That was up? someone that... Uh, are you allowed to look it up? I, I, yeah, I don't know. Can I look up top grossing movies of all time? No, you cannot. Okay, let me tell you, Jurassic Park was, I know for a fact because I was young. It was in the nineties, so you okay. can decide whether ninety three. That's right. That's not. right. Ooh, um, that was around the same year as Home Alone too. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with that. I'll say, I'll say Jurassic Park. The number two answer. Okay, you've gone number one and number two right off the bat. We have oh Vera is on here saying the Matrix question mark. I don't know if that. I think that was ninety nine. If I'm it was because I saw right. it in theaters when I was mm-hmm. living in Knoxville. And so uh, yep, I'm gonna so go you Matrix. Have the first two answers correct, 
And the matrix is actually incorrect. That's the first X that you have. It was number 18. Mm. So still a really highly check grossing another, movie. Check another source, maybe? Uh, I can. Yeah, let me check real You said this was a cake. <laughs> it's, still not number, it's still not one of the highest grossing movies. <laughs> Can you run the numbers again? Did you? <laughs> yeah, let me crunch the numbers one more time. Oh, there you go. <laughs> it's still not the number... 10. So you have okay. 2 out of 10 and you have 1x. Okay, I'm going to go back to these to these lists. Um Lion King wasn't Lion King 80s. Uh I'm going to go back to Ernest Goes to School. That's a uh, Ernest Goes to School. As camp. the highest was, grossing in uh, the night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Somebody had go one here that, that I um n- nobody put this one, but I'm going to say it. I'm going to say Toy Story. Dean, that's not a bad answer. But it's not even in the top anything. Okay. 27. You're, you're talking <clears throat> box office. Yeah, yes. Of course I am. Yes. But it's not like all time. Because like if you're adding up your your money. And I am, is this worldwide? Is this I am just on US? IMDB. <laughs> and the title is the 50 highest grossing excuse me, movies of the 90s worldwide. Okay. So I don't know. What all that entails, but you have two out of ten. Oh, and you have you are going to lose this game. Oh man, you're right. You're absolutely yeah. right. I and I gotta go. I gotta. I go thought on you my would own. do better than this. I'm not getting any help. I don't have any help. You have. I mean, oh, let's see here. Uh, so th- what we have lately is scary movie. Little Mermaid was 1989. So no, Beauty and the Beast. Bj said was 91. The Lion King must have been 94 or after Aladdin. I just looked so, it up. And then Steven says Lion King. So there's a lot of Lion King action, and Beauty and the Beast was earlier. I'll go with I'll go with Lion King. The number three answer. Okay. All right. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. There we go. So All you right. have number one, two, and three. Okay. I really need... I would like for my wife to chime in here, and she's not. I'm guessing she's not at, at the... At the TV right I think now. for the most part, whenever I give you these, if you don't get all 10 of them, you're going to be like, ah, oh, yes. Well, of course. Of course. I, I think that there's one that Ooh. you might be surprised potentially to. Steven put Phantom Menace. You probably already said that. That was 97, 98, something like that. Um, no, you were reading off from the screen, though. You probably mm-hmm. already said that, I'm guessing. I didn't, actually, but. Oh, man, that's really tough. Mm-hmm. And then. Uh, Vera says Forrest Gump as well, so there's another one down Forrest there. Forrest Gump. Yeah, Forrest Gump. So you're going to go Forrest Gump. Yep. Man, you are back against the wall, and you got it. Yeah, I'm clutch. Number six. Actually, Number when six. I say I'm clutch, Vera. So you have one, <laughs> two, clutch, yes. three, and six. And so people are coming through for you right here. So you've got four out of the ten. Can you, with one strike left, get six in a row? Yes. Somebody just said... Uh, so if Lion King was 90s, I'm guessing that Aladdin was also in the you 90s. Did, okay, so you yeah, you did guess Lion King. Okay. Um, this is 2019 for Aladdin, so <laughs> it's the Will Smith Is that where you're of, going? Um, I'm going to go Aladdin. We'll go Aladdin. Excellent guess, Steve. Okay. But it's 13. Nope, that was good. 13. That was good. Really right. good. I win the game. Wait, hold on. Hold on. I, you did win, but I'm going to pick one that I wasn't going to pick because no one said it. Is Armageddon on the list? You beat me last time. Armageddon is number 10. So oh. You should have said oh, man. Burford says Space Jam. Okay, let is me go Tommy ahead. Is Tommy Boy on the list? Let me, no. <laughs> let me go ahead and give these to you for those who are like screaming at the radio or screaming at the TV. Probably number one was Titanic, the mm-hmm. highest grossing movie of the 90s. 200 and what the heck is that? 200 million was the budget. 
It says two two zero one. Is that two? Is that like a billion? Goodness gracious! Number two is Jurassic Park. Number three was absolutely The Lion King. You nailed all three of those. You should have listened to whoever said The Phantom Menace. Yeah, it was going to be my was, next guess because it was number four. Yeah, a horrible movie, horrible, but it came in number four. Number five. How about this? Independence Day. Mm. Remember how hyped that was back in the day? I saw that in the theater, and I was 16, 96. How old was I? 13. Just for a second. Was stunned by it. I loved it. For kicks and giggles, can we jump back for just a second? Which one Which one of these did we see in the theater? Let's let's do that real fast, okay? Oh, yeah. Okay. I, did you see Titanic in the theater? Multiple times. Did yes. not. That is not a good movie. I'm just kidding. It might be great. Jurassic Park in the theater I don't remember if I saw it I am about 90% sure that I did Don't think I did Because I was 11 or 12 And I doubt my parents Would have let me Okay Lion King I don't think so Don't think I did I don't think so Star Wars Phantom Menace Yes Twice Independence Day Yes Yep Number six was Forrest Gump You got it right Yep I think I saw it immediately When it came out But I did not see it in theaters Seven was a movie that I that everyone loved, and they were like that twist at the end. Mm. Freaked like was crazy. I would have, I would have never guessed what that. Was it? It what was a uh, Six Sense. Is that's that what right. You're about? Number uh, seven is Six. That didn't even cross my that mind. That movie went crazy though. I can't remember if I saw it in the theater. Or not. I did. I did. So that was number seven. Number eight, you would never guess, and I wouldn't guess either. The Lost World, Jurassic Park. So the second Jurassic Park, which was terrible, <laughs> terrible movie. But when the number two answer was Jurassic Park, then that makes sense. I number nine, think I think I, I did see in, in the in the theaters, which we already said number 10 was Armageddon. Number nine, Men in Black. Yep, I saw Men in Black and Armageddon. Yeah. Men in Black was great. I'm not a crier. When I, saw, when I saw it, but I don't know if I think it's that great now. I don't cry. Two of the movies on the list made me cry when I saw them in the theaters. What are they? I don't want to fall asleep because I miss you, babe. That's right. And I don't want to miss a thing. <laughs> Even when I think of you. Yes, that's right. Armageddon and Titanic. You nailed it. Okay. Uh, I don't give a crap about either one of those movies. I'll just be real with you. There it is. I just My radio station. Forgive back- me if Oliver and Elias are listening and they use the C word. <laughs> so <laughs> when I was in high school, whenever Titanic, I don't know. I, Titanic was in theaters for about 17 years, but... They, my local radio station That's in true. Huntsville, Alabama. I don't know if this was like a nationwide thing. They played, I think it was 48 hours of the Titanic song straight. And this is like the main pop radio station, but it was every different genre that you can think of. Every different genre. Clever Swine says, Brokeback Mountain made you cry. Cry question mark. <laughs> I don't think I said that. It was Titanic. And you it was, nailed it, Clever Swine. And, and it was and it was Armageddon. Okay. We're gonna do a review. Am I surprised? Absolutely not. I wanna I wanna keep doing this. We need to let's stop talking about board games. We're gonna start we, a top ten. We could do a podcast. podcast. <laughs> exactly. I would love that. That would be really fun. Now I'm gonna give this next game a lower score just because I'm having Why? fun doing this. We should have. You beat me last this. time when we did a competition, remember? <laughs> I don't know if I have ever you beat did. you on no, this. You did. No, no, you beat me on this last did time. Did I? Okay. Yes, you did. I, I didn't think I did, but I'll, I'll try I have you. won almost every time, except for I think last time, and then and you beat me handily, I remember. You're, you're clutch you live, John. You got That's whipped you on it. this one. All right. Let's talk about a review. We're going to be talking about... Golem. 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 
Is that how he says it? I don't mm. want to like really hack into the mic, but speaking, you go of, ahead and speaking of Lord of the Rings. Screen. Oh, yeah, I can do that. All right. You go ahead and start talking about it. Okay, so Gollum is by a... I'm pulling this up on my stream here. I'm waiting just a second. I'm sorry, those who are listening on the podcast. It's it's not going super well right now, is it, Dean? Man. It's it's going to happen. Something happened where my screen went blue, and now it's not working. Why don't you refresh Finch. your screen or something like that? <laughs> All right, so Gollum is the team a team of folks that I have pretty thoroughly enjoyed, and that is Simone Luciani, uh, Flaminia Bersini, and Virginio Gigli. And I always, Dean always wants to correct the way I say G-G, his. G-G, I think is what it, you don't G-G-G. say the g sound in that G-G-G. second. Okay. That's fine. That's no, fine. G-G. You know, I'm I'm trying my best. I don't know. Um, if I'm right. They have done my f- my favorite game that they have done straight up. I won't even pretend, and that is um, Grand Austria Hotel. Agree or disagree? Best. Yeah. Well, I don't. Verla, Verla's on here. Why don't you ask Verla? Oh. Oh wow! You need to turn that down. What are you doing? It's all... <laughs> Close that tab. Hold on. There we go. It's muted now. It's muted. It's muted, muted, muted. We're good. We're good. Oh, okay. When you have me refresh it, it pulls up my microphone <laughs> here. So there you go. I don't know if y'all heard that, but it was... Quite loud. Super loud. Oh, they heard it. it. They it heard was... it on the podcast. I thought sure. it was great. I thought that was pretty funny. Um, yeah. Okay. So they've done Alma Mater. They've done... I believe Lorenzo Il Magnifico. And the reason I say I believe is I think Simone Luciani is off on some of these and like there's some different Coimbra. Simone Luciani did not do Coimbra. Um, and I don't think he did Alma Mater either, actually. There's Newton out there, but that was Luciani Mastori, so that wasn't them. Anyways, um, so this team of designers has come up with consistently solid games that I've enjoyed. I was really intrigued by Golem, not only because of the designing pedigree, which I really enjoy, but also because of the theme, Dean. This theme of this Jewish folktale of Golems coming to life. And as someone who's been to Israel, has hung out with the Jewish people in Israel, and absolutely loved them, and really enjoyed spending time with them, um, to go back and hear that they have this folk tale of these golems and these golems that have come to life and you're bringing them to life. I'm telling you without a doubt, I was immediately sucked into the theme of that. How many golems did you see when you were in Israel? Are they just walking around the street? Cause in this was, game, they're literally just walking around the street. While I was in the streets of Jerusalem. I went to grab a shawarma and a golem reached out and went, oh my God. And it grabbed the shawarma from me. And I said, how dare you, Golem? And I smacked it on its nose. And I regretted that. All right. I, I, I'm, I'm zoomed in on this box. I'll pull back to that later. This is quite the box. Tell them how the game plays, John. Okay. So what's interesting about Golem is that it plays over 12 moves, four rounds. So you're going to do three moves per round. And you think, it's one of those games where you think, wow, 12 actions? Can I really, really do this thing? And uh, yes, uh, Clever Swine, this was in Prague. It's definitely a Prague thing. <clears throat> this whole thing is in Prague. 1574, I think it was a year yeah. or something. Uh, which I think is really cool again. Um, so you're going to either be drafting marbles from the synagogue, or you're going to be sending out your rabbi to do a worker placement action that when you take that action so in a two it's always going to be i believe one more action than the number of players 
So, in for example, a two-player game, there's only three actions out there. So it's a really imp- tough pool to decide, man, do I want to grab this marble from the synagogue because the power of your action... Eh, there's several things that you can do, but like, let's just say, for example, you take the action that has to do with knowledge. Well, the number of marbles... Excuse me. Whew, the number of marbles that are there before you pull your marble out is based that the number of knowledge that you get is based on those. So if you there's three marbles there, you're going to get three knowledge. Then you're going to get to upgrade something in the knowledge kind of section of your player board, and then you're able to buy a book. Dean, you are showing a absolutely, oh, there it goes. It wouldn't pull up. There's not very many pictures White online. White screen of boredom. Yeah, most of them are, most of the pictures on here are the tabletopia or tabletop simulator. Get that off there. I need some real stuff. There's no real stuff on here. Oh, there is. No. There's none? There's no real stuff on there. No, it's just the box and that's it. Okay. This is it. Let's get something zoomed in or something a little bit better. This is it. But (laughs) I would say part of the crux of the game, though, Meebletown, is that you have a student on on the streets of three different streets and you have golems that you're creating. That's a prototype. in, In those neighborhoods or those districts. And... If your golem becomes too powerful, at the end of each round, you're going to pay knowledge for how many spaces are distant between your student and your golem. So there's constantly this battle between, oh man, I want my golem to go further because the actions become more powerful, but they cannot go too far or I'm not going to have the knowledge to pay for them. And then I'm going to start paying five victory points per golem if I cannot do that correctly. I think that that's really, really interesting. Um, there's your player board for those who are watching on YouTube, Facebook. You know, you're going to have this section that's all about your knowledge and getting books. You're going to have a section all about getting artifacts, which is has to do with gold. And you're going to have that kind of middle section that's all about your golems and making them more powerful. Dean, tell me what you think about the, I guess you could say art and components if you want to, and then the game. Well, I'll tell you one thing that's a little interesting about the components is that you are, I don't have a player. There really are not very many pictures on here. I think it's because our internet's super slow and it's not loading them up. I'm going to go to the restroom. I'm just going to live right now on the podcast. Why Dean talks. No, not live, you're Because I am sure (laughs) that he's going to talk for the next 10 minutes (laughs) and I'll be able to get that in while he does that. Well, I'm going to have to. I have to fill this spot. So I'm going to go ahead and talk about something that, that John maybe he disagrees with me on this. So the components say that the marbles that you're drafting from that little dispenser, uh, John mentioned, I can't pull up a picture that those marbles right now, eh, kind of, you can see it here. So these marbles, you're going to draft them and you're putting them as two of your actions onto the eye sockets of these, of this golem. And I think it's the first game that I've ever played where you're drafting eyeballs and sticking, sticking them into a, an animated like person that you're creating out of clay, which I think is pretty interesting. But other than that, art and components I think are are really good. I mean, I think the the dispenser is really well done with it. it has all the marbles inside of it. You've got these custom meeples and all the different resources and things like that are customized. Mostly though, and this is a big box. We've uh, let me see. I've got the box right here. I know you can't hear this on the on the podcast but the box is giant but most of the box is filled with cardboard there's cardboard tokens that go all over the board and the your player board and the main board it's a lot of cardboard is a really heavy big box but overall i like it now there's one thing that we don't love about the components that's right and john's going to talk about that right now i saved that for him because i know how much he loves to talk about hating this part of it yeah yeah okay so there's a couple things did you talk about the synagogue yet or no 
I talk about the eyeballs most of the okay. time. Yeah, <laughs> that's why I heard you talking about that. So if you want to pull up, if you can see the actual pl- the board, there are three sections of the board. There is a blue section that has to do with blue marbles, a yellow section that has to do with yellow marbles, and then a red section that has to do with red marbles. However, the red section has a lot of green in it. What's going on? What are you doing? I'm tired. Of, I'm tired. You're not of even pulling up the camera. You're not even pulling up the cameras. You're not even pulling up the pictures. No, you're no, just, no, I'm tired of that. You're, I want to you're read sitting comments. around. You're looking at comments. Can you not pull there, here? Pull there was a whole section of board. comments on there that I didn't see that would have helped me win the contest. Oh I'm gosh. calling shenanigans. Well, it's your fault. 100% your fault. Um, I have some issues with that. How it has green and red together. I don't really know why they chose to go that direction. It's a little bit confusing. Um, for new players. And on top of that, the synagogue, the way that it is positioned, can only really go in one position. Uh, maybe you can work it in a couple of different positions. I would have liked to seen, as Dean mentioned on our um, video review, there we go, that it would have been nice to have like something on the back end of it, uh, on the back side of it, to where you can maybe put it in a couple of different positions, and that would be nice. And uh, yes, Clever Swine, Johnny Smallbladder is correct. There's no doubt about it. I have no problem uh, agreeing with that 100. percent All right, but overall, is the game fun though? Overall, the components, I don't know, maybe B minus. Right. Furla said that she <laughs> her group was annoyed by all the green on the red track too. I I was no doubt about it. Yeah, one thing Verla also said this about the the look of this is that all the icons. Um, there's a lot of iconography in this game. Yep. We didn't really have okay. I didn't really have an issue with this, but. But I also didn't learn the rules, and so I just asked questions to John, who already knew all the the rules to it. You basically so. had the greatest board game teacher teaching you the game, and so it was no problem. Okay, <laughs> okay, all right. So next time, if you have issues, you just need to call up Johnny. According over according here. to my wife, I am the worst board game teacher ever. You leave out the rules. That's exactly. I, right. There's not you know that's correlation why, that's between why you winning that. this game yesterday and no one else knowing how to play. I, don't know. I purposely left out or kind of grade some of the rules that would help me to win the game. Okay. <laughs> All right, go back to the gameplay. What did we think about the gameplay? Yeah. So there's a lot of really cool things to like. I, Absolutely. I would say my favorite part of this whole game is is the action piece. Um, again, I'm having a hard time pulling up pictures, but, but the drafting of the marbles and then the worker placement piece. Mm-hmm. Now, what's interesting of that is trying to decide what you're going to do first. Um, you might have an idea of like, I really want to get this marble because there's two other or three other yep. marbles attached to that I can get a really powerful action. However, if I wait and nobody takes that spot, there's also a worker placement spot on there and it's a good position so I can take that spot yep. and be the first player for the next round. But if I do that and somebody's going to take my marble, it's really, really cool. Um, I like it I, I like that a lot. That's that's my favorite. And and it doesn't feel like one action that you do is more powerful than the other necessarily. Um, they're all really, really good options, you mm-hmm. know? So I, I love that. Yeah, I think so too. Like, I really love that part. Like, man, do I want to take this power three marble action right now or eyeball action as you would probably say, because, hey, I can gain three coins, which is huge. And in a really tight game with a lot of combos, one marble, one coin, one knowledge, one clay can be a big deal, can really actually be a big deal. But also that, Man, look at those rabbi actions, and I know Dean wants that one, so man, I'm just going to have to take that and then take a less powerful marble action if he takes the one, or Jonathan, or whomever takes the other one that I really, really want. I think that's 
really fun. I told Dean earlier, I don't think this game would be as good if they were only drafting marbles or drafting yeah, dice. You I know agree. what I mean? I agree. But to have the worker placement in conjunction with that really makes it tight and difficult. And I know yesterday, how many times did I gruel over a decision? Probably annoyed people. Um, but I like that about the game a lot. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I, I'm totally with you. I also like these. I, I think that the the piece where your students interact with the golem, so you're moving up your students that yep. you want to keep them up with the golem so you don't have to pay a lot of money, but you also want to move them up farther on the track because you can get points, you can get resources during the yep. income phase, and that's really cool. But the golem, the position and moving them forward and backwards, most of the time they're going to be running ahead of you like a crazy golem that they are, right? They're just trying to get away from you and, and like go destroy the city or whatever. But if you can kind of rein them in and get them in the right position, yeah. it's huge because then you can start taking the actions in the spots that they're on. And, it, and right. it's really, really interesting how those two pieces interact. Yeah. I lost a lot of points my first game playing this because I just let one of them go crazy because you, you really want to have more than just one golem on the board. Otherwise, yes. if it's just one, they're going to lose you a ton of points. Yeah, because at this, I think the second part of your turn is you're going to look at your golem kind of track that you have on your player board plus the character cards that are on the board, and you're going to say, oh, wow, my player track has four on the golem, and the character card has two. Now I have to disperse between my go- excuse me, my golems six different spaces. If you've only got one on the board you're kind of screwed. <laughs> like, yeah, yep. you got to move that golem six spaces. And when you get to the end of the board, you're going to have to pay knowledge or victory points every time you move the golem to the right, another space. At the end of the board, you're paying five victory points every time mm-hmm. your golem needs to move right to, you know, to the right space. So, yeah, I think that that part's interesting. And to go along with that, Dean, I think the maybe one of the crux, one of the cruxes of the game is lining up your golems with what actions you want to take. Yeah. Uh-huh. Because one of that marble kind of actions that you're taking is you're, you're paying knowledge to be able to do the actions where the golems are. And so there's that interesting pool of, I want that golem space, but if I want to stop here, then I'm going to have to take this other golem and move them two more forward, yeah. which might cost me knowledge, which sucks because, but man, this spot is worth it. And whenever you can kind of get the stars to align and and have the golems in the right place and your students in the right place, you feel really smart. And over the course of 12 actions, 12 actions, you can do a heck of a lot with the combos if you do it right. And shout out to Sydney who says hello. We say hello back, Sydney. What's yeah. up? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you, John. But it, it's neat because you can look out on the board and try to figure out ways to manipulate all of that. The cards that come into play into your library, I mm-hmm. guess it is. Um, so you pay knowledge and you get these books to put them into your library, and they give you immediate benefits. And then they're also going to stack and give you, you yep. know, multipliers. Well, not multipliers, but you're going to trigger all of those again. Yeah. A lot of those are ways that you can move either the golem back and forth. You can move it forward or backwards, or you can move up and down on the track that determines the speed that they're going to be running yep. from you, which is. The first time that I played it, I didn't recognize how important it was going to be. If you want to, if you want to build more golems, you really need to decrease that speed at some point so they're not just going crazy. And I neglected to do that, which is why it lost me so many points. I just didn't have any kind of rain over uh, over where they were going. But the balance is the higher you're up on that track, the more victory points you score per round as an income. So that's that's the interesting part. Is like part of you is like 
going, man, I would love to score four points around, but I don't want to move my golem seven spaces. Yeah, yeah, and there is that balance that you keep going back to, you know, that that, that balance piece of, of not having them go too far ahead, but also you get as many possible points as you can. And, and I didn't, I just went for the points on that track and, yeah. and just let them go crazy. So, which in the end you end up losing cause you lose a bunch of points by doing that, but it's, yeah. it's manageable. That's the thing. It's not just, you're not just at the mercy of them running off. You can manage it. You just have to pay attention to it. And yep. I did not do that. That's right. And, and Clever, Clever Swine said it looks like a table hog too. Yes, it is. And, and it is. There's, yep. there's a lot of space. No doubt about for it. Sure. Sydney says a freaky cover. Yeah, it is. It's a little crazy cover. It is, but it's further proof why I think you're drafting eyeballs from the from the marble yeah. dispenser because they're red and blue eyes. Yeah, you can't see it from Dean's picture probably very well, but one. Yeah, he he pointed that out. I didn't even notice it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It does not say that in the rule book, but I I feel pretty confident that's what they were going for. I mean, you're placing it on the eyeball section on your board. So. Yeah. Uh, so this game is weighted at around. Do you mind clicking on that, Dean? I think it's weighted at close to a four, like maybe three point nine something. Uh, so, but I didn't feel like rule wise it was that heavy. And I know that that's a whole subjective thing. Three point nine three. I felt like rule wise, it was medium heavy. Before is really seemed pretty sneaking heavy. But when it comes to how do I best play it, I understand why people weight it that high. What do you think about that? Yeah, yeah. I'm. I. It didn't. You know, I don't love heavier Euro games necessarily unless they feel thematic or I'm engaged in what's going on. This one, I, I was really engaged the whole time. You know, I, I didn't feel like it was too much. It wasn't overwhelming. And the decisions made sense that you were yeah. taking. So it didn't feel heavy, even though it might be weighted higher. We shot the video this morning. And as I'm driving over here, Dean's like, oh, man, you put the game up. I really wanted to finish it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I love this game. I thought it was great. I, You know, this is up there. It's not as good as grand austria hotel to me and the the difference becomes the length of game and the quick setup that's straight up like it's just a little faster to set the game up on grand austria hotel a little bit quicker and i i just adore that game that's a top 20 maybe even a top 10 game for me <clears throat> dean i am wrestling or i have wrestled between an eight and a half and a nine on Gollum, and i'm gonna give at a nine, but just say low nine for right now. I wish I could give it 8.75. Just thought this game was really, really, really good. And I've thought about it a lot. Can't wait to play it. I would play it anytime. I would totally suggest it. I'm going to go nine on Golem. Okay, there we go. I am at a little bit less than you. This tends to not be my jam, though. And so I, I'm with you. Grand Austria Hotel is a top 50 game for me. I really mm-hmm. love that game. And it's still... Reigns is that supreme game out of these totally designers agree. that they yep. do, but surprisingly, this was not too far below that. It's 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 closer, way closer than I would have imagined. I'm at an eight and a half on this Whoa, one. Whoa, yeah. Town seal. Royal seal number two for this episode. We've already doubled our total from last year. There we go, dude. That's crazy. That last year. We're not 100% sure of this, right? As much as we want to say we are, we're pretty sure that we gave one seal out. I'm not 100% sure you're yeah. right. I, I think that's right. Cascadia? And no, we did two. Cascadia and Batoku, right? No. I was an eight on Cascadia. And I was like an eight and a half? Mm-hmm. Yep. And that is just okay. below what we need yep. to be able to you're have. Right. So You're right. So to be five months 
not even quite five months into 2022 and to have two seals off the bat and hey teaser for next episode does wonderland's war hit one maybe we'll does see. another game that we're going to talk could about that episode three could three that'd be four <laughs> in less than a year oh that's right i we're, think no no I tell think, them what we're, ta- we're talking about foundations of rome also could that also could four meeple town seals come out in two weeks five months versus one the entire year last year yeah wow it could very well be it's uh, in all transparency it's very possible yep yeah we're not quite there yet we need to play those other ones but let's get back to Gollum we both really really like Gollum a lot uh, obviously and this is this one's gonna hit the table I don't know if I need this game because John has it and he's the one I would play it with anyway so I'm happy that he has it and I am happy to play this really anytime it's a $64 what do you think for what's in the box, I think that's actually not bad. Not bad. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the box, speaking of the box, it was a little thin. Cranio, and let me say this. I hate to, hate to don't want to say anything too negative about Cranio, is that they gave me, you know you know how many Ziploc bags they gave me, Dean? You know this because I've already told you this. None, none Ziploc bags. Zero. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. That is frustrating. You gave me no bags. Like, there were a few components that had bags in them originally, but for all the player pieces and everything, they, they gave me no bags to put my pieces in. And I paid $64 for that game. Would you have paid sixty-four fifty for those bags? Yes. <laughs> I would have paid $67 for those bags. Like, it's just, that's unreal to me in this day and age to not give some bags to be able to put your components in. What do you want me to do? Just toss all the bags in there? I mean, all the components? Like a monster? Like, like a, a golem? Yeah, like Candyland or something? Just throw them all in there and just... Have to no, that's ridiculous. Yeah, you know what you can have are some bags from Ark Nova that has a bazillion bags in it. Now, you can just take some of those. Thank you, Ark Nova. Yeah, <laughs> thank yes. you, Capstone, there, for actually doing that. I think that. there's a balance in there between somewhere, but anyway. All right, that is going to do it. John gave this one a nine. I gave it an eight and a half. Mm-hmm. Another Meeple Town seal for this episode. Amazing. Amazing. John, why don't you tell people how they can get in touch with this? And if you're on the live show, don't just go running off. We, we can answer some questions and be here for a little bit after that. But John's going to tell us how we can how you can get in touch with us. Yeah, if you're enjoying our channel, you're enjoying our podcast, whatever you're listening on, Facebook, whatever, if you can rate it, we would enjoy your rating. Right, Dean? We, we, we really would. would. Um, we're at Meeple Town Games on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We would enjoy you subscribing to the podcast or to the YouTubes. And we're Board Game Geek Guild 34. Oh, seven. <laughs> Thanks for coming down to Meeple Town. <laughs>